Hey everyone. Welcome to the Squad Pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog. All right, everybody, welcome to another Squad Pod. I'm your host, Troy Dog, aka CEO of Vermoto.com. Yeah, glad to be back this week. Cool episode. I got Kevin Morantz joining me on the show later on uh, after our little news brief here. But, um, Kevin Morantz, yeah, uh, never been on the show before. It's been a while since I've talked to him. I mean, I'm, we're always like kind of messaging back and forth, but we never really do like a legit interview. So I'm happy to get Kevin on. And he just announced last week he made some upgrades to his program. And I know a lot of you out there are part of the Morantz Mafia. So this will be cool for everybody to jump on board and help him out a little more. So he'll be on to talk about that. We also talk about his amateur career. And we dive into uh, what it's like wearing many hats running a, a program like his. So he's got a different kind of business uh, plan or model, I should say, than than some riders do. So it's cool to dive into that. So stick around. And uh, after the Guts Racing Power Rankings, we'll get into that. But first, we have some news, of course, at the top of the show. The news category, we're looking for a sponsor. If you want to be a sponsor of the news, we, we are looking for that. So uh, first things first, this Harlan fundraiser for uh, his fire fundraiser, it's done. Uh, I, I just went through the names. I did a random number generator to decide the winners of the signed number plates, signed jerseys, and one winner of the VIP experience. So I have the list sent over to Hardog. He's he's viewing it and he'll get it back to me, but we're going to we're going to make an announcement here shortly, probably the first of next week. So, yes, it took longer than we thought. Harlan going to the Motocross of Nations and then getting hurt and breaking his pelvis. You know, it kind of put things on hold. So, thank you to all of you who have donated and for understanding. Uh we do apologize for the hold up, but uh, it's done, so uh, look for the winners next week. Um, yeah, that's it. So I'll actually announce the list next week on next week's pod. So we'll do that. Um, second, World Mini. It's coming back, 2024. Mesquite, Nevada. April 4th through 7th, 2024. We have a whole breakdown of... All the news, the details over on vermoto.com. We've got the race format, event schedule, pricing. Uh, class list and registration is coming on the 1st of December. But uh, be there. Like, plan to be there. It's We're trying to really bring back the World Mini Flair. Uh, last year was successful. This year is going to be off the chain. Uh, you know the World Mini name and all the great names that that have raced World Mini in the past, or it's it's uh it's time now. It's we're gonna make it better than ever. Uh, also, World Mini, there's a golf course and a Starbucks. So if it was a Dunkin', I would be going, but it's Starbucks. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm not a fan of Starbucks right now. Yeah, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. This is, this is breaking news. Um, I thought I I would like Starbucks. I gave it a good chance, like. 10 times or so 
just every time I got it, it just tastes a little off. I'm like, maybe I'm not ordering the right thing. Yesterday, I ordered a regular coffee with just some cream and some caramel flavoring in there. I'm like, that's it. It's all I need. No, it tasted horrible. Like, I don't know. Like, like tell me what to order from Starbucks, guys, because I don't know. Just, uh, just at me. Like, I want to give it another try. I'm a Dunkin' guy, but, you know, if I'm out and, like, someone wants to go to Starbucks, I'm like, okay, I'll pay $12 for this coffee, but at least make it taste good. So, let me know what I'm doing wrong. Anyway, um, Third Shred Tour is coming up. Uh, the schedule's going to be announced soon. I'm sure we'll have an event in January, but, like, man, this year was cool for the Shred Tours. I'm going to go to one next year, a close-by one. Do some vlogging, some podcasting. Uh, look forward to to doing that. I want to just get in there and just meet everybody. I want to do a segment on my vlog where I just start throwing hot dogs to people like Oprah. That's what I want to do. So, Shred Tour schedule's coming out soon. Don't know when, but uh, my guess is Verb Slaw Dog is holding it up. So, <laughs> I can't put anything on his shoulders because he messes it all up. So the shred tour is coming. Please plan on coming to uh, these events. They are a lot of fun to do and we enjoy seeing everyone there. Uh, Team previews. My Verbodo 2024 team previews are, are going on right now. Uh, I do, I do a breakdown of every single team in the pits if your team is not on the list, uh, let me know. TroyVermitter.com, send me an email. I'll give you guys some some press. But uh, team previews, I break down the team. I do results. I do who's coming in, who's leaving. I do projections of each rider, uh, where they're at in their careers, what to expect, just, just a whole rundown. So it's really fun to do. It's one of my favorite things to write. And they're pretty popular. So... Head on over to verbmoto.com. Last week I did the TLD Gas Gas team, and next week, well, this week, is uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki. So that's next. Like I said, the full schedule's at the bottom of each preview. And we're doing one a week for now, and then later on it gets pretty tight. I do two a week. So stay tuned for that and uh, click on them. All right, now it's time for the Guts Racing Power Rankings. For 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your rear end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam, no matter what you ride. Use the promo code VERB20 at checkout to save on your order. Alright, off-season stuff. So, Slaw and I had a meeting this week about, like, man, it's going to get boring if we keep doing what we're doing. There's no racing. So there's not really anything, any news happening. Guys are, riders are doing boot camps. They're just kind of staying hidden, putting in the work. So instead, I put a list together that we're going to pull from, and we're just going to just kind of create some different stuff. Like this week, we have our all-time favorite riders. I'll do, we'll do five, and it, it'll just create, uh, hopefully just create a bunch of um, engagement and just, you know, give us your top five. 
Uh, so I'm going to do three on this pod as a little preview. But this week, number one, for me, my number one all-time favorite rider is Stu. James Stewart, hands down. I've never been uh, more of a fan of anybody else through through history. This man, uh, he, I, w- I kind of took a break from dirt bikes. I, I rode a lot as a P-Dub as a P-Dub rider. And then I kind of gave it up when it came time to move to the KX60. And I'm showing my age there because it was a KX60 at that time. I uh, couldn't get the clutch down. Uh, downshifting, I like couldn't figure out. My dad was getting frustrated. He's like, he couldn't like explain it without like yelling. I don't know why dads can't do that, but I got frustrated. I wanted to play soccer, basketball, um, just other sports. That's what my friends were doing. And I was like, I just want to do this stuff. So I took a break from it. That was about 95, 96, right? 97, somewhere in there. And then, uh, you know, Stu comes around, 02. I kind of caught a glimpse of him. My dad would watch the races from here uh, from time to time. But then I, Bud's Creek 03, tuned into that one. And I was just like, who is this guy? And, and like, what is that? Like his scrubs, his uh, technique, his speed that he was carrying. Like, it was just, I'm like, I got to watch more of this guy. It was just so exciting. I've never seen anybody ride like that. And we still haven't to this day. So he, he converted me into a full-blown motocross guy. After I saw Stu, I never wanted to play any other sport. I just wanted to race. And that's what my dad and I did from 02 to, to I mean, you know, when I had kids and stuff like that. So thanks to Stu, I, I'm in the sport. And, uh, man, if I ever – I know I haven't met Stu. I have his autograph. I guess I met him when I was – when he was a rookie. I have his rookie autograph, and I'm pumped on that. But – um. Man, if I meet him now, I'm afraid I'll freeze up. Like, I'll shake his hand and be like, not be able to talk. So, Stu's the man for me. There's no one on that level that I put on a pedestal besides him. So, thanks, Stu. Number two, Kevin Windham, K-Dub. K-Dub's cool, man. Like, how do you not like Kevin Windham? From how smooth his riding technique is to his transfers to when he was winning 125s and doing heel clickers. There's just a, a whole bunch of layers of Kevin Windham's career, and I enjoyed all of it. Even to, like, the end, like, 2013, 2012, when he was doing the transfers, like, it's all I waited for. Like, And he'd come out, and you start to tear up a little bit because it's K-Dub, and it's sick. And I think the God voice, I mean... What do you think? Like, I think his name sounded the best with the God voice, but that's just me. Always enjoyed Kevin Windham. He could win on any given night when he was on. Uh, the when he retired in no two because of his leg, I guess it was a leg injury. It was sad for me. I was certain that he could beat anybody when he was on and, and when his heart was into it. So when he came back at Factory Connection Honda and O three and led at Glen Helen. I was like, it's on. K-Dub's going to dominate. And of course, Ricky never let that happen, but K-Dub was always in the mix. Love K-Dub, man. And then number three, Jeff Emig. I had Jeff Emig on the show. This show. 
my child, one of my childhood heroes. Like I just, if you couldn't tell during that show, if you want to go back and listen, it was about like two months ago or so. I was kind of like fanboying it. I didn't want to, but it's kind of hard. Like he was, uh, you know, I was like seven when he was dominant. So big Jeff Emig fan. It was either you were a, a McGrath fan of him winning every week, but me, I was like, man, I want to see somebody mix it up and win. And Emig could, you know, he could challenge McGrath and he beat him for some titles and some race wins. So absolutely love having Emig on the show. Fro is uh, one of my favorites. So uh, I, I don't know what else to say about Fro. Like he, I did a show with him obviously. And then I told him some stories on there. Like I had the, the story about my dad put me over the fence. Like I'm not doing that for anybody else. I'm doing that for Fro. So yeah, if you want to go to memory lane, check back a couple, I think episode 11 or something like that of this pod. Fro daddy, number three. All right. I'm going to be honest with you guys. That concludes uh, Guts Racing Power Kings for, for this week, but I'm, do, I'm trying to do better with this show. Um, I hope I'm bringing the excitement level up. I'm trying to be concise. Like doing a pod in a room by myself is kind of hard for me right now. So I'm only like 21 episodes in. You guys have been great. You know, views are, or listeners are going up every week. So I feel like I'm doing something right. But I'm really trying to uh, cut out the ums, uhs, the likes, all that. So I know I'm doing horrible right now because I'm thinking about it. And I, I had my wife, the lovely ginger dog. She doesn't really listen to pods, but we had bub dog on last week and she wanted to listen to it. And she, she let me have it on some, uh, some critiques. So I'm working on it. I know I'm not the best at it, but we're still here grinding it out. So thanks for the, the support. I'll get better. This is episode 21. Like I said, I think episode 21, they all kind of go together, but I'm working on it guys. And thanks for tuning in and telling people about the squad pod. It's going great. All right, let's kick it over to Kevin Moran's and uh, Moran's mafia. Learn more about his program. See you on the other side. All right. On the phone with me today on the verb moto podcast network is Kevin Moran's. What's up, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming on. Moran's Mafia. Absolutely. Strong, proud, ready to rip for 2024. You are. Uh, you put out a huge post uh, explaining your team on Instagram the other day. Uh, Tuesday, for sure, because I tried to get a sneak preview of it, but you weren't having it. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just got to gotta tease the people a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just kind of... Um, just kind of give it a quick run through of what you got going on and what the plans are for next year. Yeah. So long story short, uh, we are kind of expanding out to do my own program. Obviously I run my program in a pretty unique fashion, uh, obviously to being pretty much like a main event guy, uh, and then kind of branching out on my own. I feel like not very many people have done it, or at least maybe some have in the past, but as of recent and other people in the industry currently racing, uh, I don't really see it. So I think it's a pretty unique situation. Uh, thankfully I've teamed up with champion tool storage. They are providing the rig. So that's how we made that happen. However, uh, pretty much my part of the deal is covering the budget. So the driver, the mechanic, the fuel, all the flights, hotels, parts, bikes, all that jazz. So, uh, the main reason why we did branch out and do this 
individual team situation. So as of right now, plan is just one rider team. It's going to be my program, Moran's Mafia based. So I get, I pretty much have an entire professional looking team. We're going to get a full canopy off of the rig. It's not going to be pop-up tents. It's going to be a very professional presence ran creatively through all of my ideas, pretty much the stuff that I already do. And it's going to allow us to provide sponsors, partnerships, and, you know, partnership advertising packages that the corporate more, uh, you know, factory teams are not able to provide, uh, at least for the cost that we're able to do it for, if that makes sense. So, uh, pretty stoked on that partnership. So it's just, uh, getting everything together and getting all the stuff in line to make it all happen for 2024. Yeah. So you have, you have a, we don't know each other too well. Um, I don't even think we've talked before this, but looking, uh, from the outside, looking at your program, you have a very different business model. It seems like, um, you, you keep up on your website. Um, you, you sell spots for, for people. You have a Patreon, uh, you know, big following, uh, with your racing career. So, uh, kind of go into it of, of how you, started the model i guess and and uh, where you see it going yeah so the biggest thing which uh, a majority of racers understand that we get paid if we're racing if you're hurt if you're off the couch at least as a privateer you're not getting paid if you're hurt like these factory guys they have more comfort i guess you could say or at least more uh they have a larger entity backing them so if they get hurt like how austin has the last few years or one of these other factory riders, like they're still getting paid. They're on salary. Uh, a racer like me, uh, who is just doing it on their own privateer life, you get hurt, you're not getting paid. So I got hurt in 2021 uh, when I was doing my dual year. So I was doing 250 and 450. Um, and I got life lighted from, uh, where was it? Atlanta. And anything, everything ended up being okay. I ended up just uh, cracking a couple ribs and bruising a lung. Uh, it was supposed to be, they fly fly to me because they thought that my lungs were collapsing because my O2 stats and everything were just kind of starting to dwindle. However, I was on the couch for, let's just say, four or five months after that, and I wasn't racing, so I was not making really any money. So I had to create some kind of, that's what just, you know, shifted the, the focus to what can I do, what can I provide to create a monthly income for myself? So that's where the whole Patreon idea came about. I was listening to a bunch of podcasts at the time, and I heard a lot of people talking about that. So I kind of created a – I brought it into our industry when it comes to getting fans involved, uh, and then that creates a monthly income for me that then I can distribute within my program. So that was the idea behind that. And obviously, I, since I was 17 uh, years old, as soon as I graduated high school, and I kind of wanted to do this full-time and make a career out of it. Like my parents were trying to help my older brother go to college. Uh, my parents – uh, love them to death, love my family to death, honestly would not change anything out of my past because it's created me to be hungry the way I am and creative. But they both work, uh, you know, nine to five jobs. They don't own their own businesses. They don't have a ton of freedom. Uh, and obviously funds are tight. So they were pretty much like, hey, we're trying to help your brother go to college. If you want to continue doing this, you kind of got to find a way to fund it. So then that's when I started going pretty much business to business around my local area, starting to create little packages in that sense. And year after year, just got better at uh, providing, actually providing value to a sponsor. Uh, and just through experience, uh, made better ways of communicating, taking care of sponsors, thank you packages, uh, all sorts of stuff that it just kind of continued to grow. So that's where it started with the whole Patreon side of things. And then obviously just through experience, got better at providing actual value to sponsors. And then that grew. 
And then I've had good relationships with um, quite a few companies over the past few years. And the team situation that I was a part of last year was transitioning into an actual team situation this year, which then takes the, the freedom away of selling spots on my bike, running, you know, jersey logos that I want to run. Like you run their bike, you run their graphics, you run their gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it takes a lot of freedom away for me. So that's why we're branching out on our own for this year uh, is because it, it brings all my creativity, my freedom back. And we actually get to have fun with it and, you know, do what we do at a very high level. So it sounds like basically you're doing the same model. Uh, fans can can jump on. Um, you're just doing it on a larger scale. Yeah, exactly. And allowing ourselves to have more of a presence, which gives more value to sponsors. It's going to be the full Moran's Mafia program. Come by, sign the bike. We're going to get you in the vlog, throw us a little donation, stuff like we've always done in the past. But we're also going to have a super professional setup for legitimate long-term sponsors and partnerships for 2024. Obviously, we do the whole fan interaction vlog deal. So it, the biggest thing for me is create an experience, right? Mm-hmm. So people love that little sign the bike, get the vlog kind of situation. Because if I didn't have the vlog behind it, I don't think that that, that situation works. Them being able to go back, watch the video, see themselves make the video, and see it has you know thousands of views kind of deal, and it being a consistent thing that's where people can get behind it because then they feel like they're a part of a program and supporting a privateer, which obviously it is because I've got a massive budget I have to fill this year. Uh, cause I, like I said, with the team, uh, it's my responsibility to come up with the sponsorship funding to cover all the expenses. Obviously champion is uh, teaming up with me as well. We're both going after sponsorship, but that's kind of part of the deal. So they're actually seeing their money being invested back into the program instead of, you know, me just taking it and putting it in a pocket kind of deal. Like we're all putting it back into the program, obviously producing the vlogs and creating content that they can then enjoy. You have a lot on your plate with this whole thing. And then, and it's, it's cool, but do you have help with this or is it kind of all on your shoulders? <laughs> uh, it's pretty much all on me. So oh, wow. I've actually kind of had the thought of trying to bring in some kind of manager type, kind of like how the Lawrence brothers have their manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't have a good connection for somebody like that yet. Um, haven't met the right person. But I could definitely probably use some help in that sense. But it's pretty much just Garen and I. I have a graphic designer uh, on board, too. And obviously the little release video, um, you know, thanks to Throttle Burst, we've been teamed up with them to help create our vlogs and our video content. But the whole idea of building everything, emails, meetings, all that stuff is pretty much myself and Garen with Champion. So it is a lot to handle, but that's like obviously through my past, and getting creative to add value to people. I enjoy the business side of this pretty much just as much as I enjoy the actual racing side of it. So that's why the privateer life program grind, what can you do to make it happen to get the funding to make it work is fun to me, just like going and riding dirt bikes fun to me. It's super interesting. Yeah. And you have a lot on your shoulders too. Like the other day I was, I was DMing you and I'm like, uh, do you have time to, to do this now? And you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I just got done riding. I'm, I'm fixing the track. I got to get it done before dark. And then I got to do some errands. So it's like, you, you ever have a free minute to yourself anymore? Or is it you just full on into like, it's just a lot coming at you. Yeah. Hardly ever. But I mean, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Obviously it's, I do this for a living. So right. it takes up all my time. Um, but, uh, that, like, I think that's why I haven't dwindled out of it is because I have, so much on my plate that I don't really have time to think about it, but I, I enjoy it because it's, it's fun to me, the business side of it, as much as it is the training and, you know, the actual riding side of it. And that's, um, obviously we're stepping up the program. 
We're going to have the truck. We're going to have the full rig. But we've also brought on uh, a pretty much a full-time mechanic. So that's helping me because I used to do all my own bike work, track work, training, and everything. And that's very tough to do and be efficient with your training side of things. So having somebody that comes out, um, you know, big shout-out to Jordan Sitz. He's been helping. That's who we have on board hopefully for next year. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, he, he's been amazing for the program. I think it's going to add a lot of value for me as well, because then at least the last three years of supercross, I've been prepping my own bike pretty much. Uh, so at the races I had Chris taking me to the line, but it was on me to do all my bike work, you know, the day before day after all that stuff. So having somebody to help with that is then going to free me up to do maybe more partnership deals, provide more content to Moran's mafia, uh, We've got some pretty cool stuff in store, so it's just continuously reinvesting back into the program. It's exciting too, and 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 usually when people have this much uh, things on their shoulders, uh, you know, things to do, you know, the the results start to dwindle. But uh, you're just coming off your best Supercross season of your career, you know, 16th overall in points. So, um, kind of talk about last year and how you how you feel it went for you. Yeah, no, I feel like it went awesome. I mean. The biggest thing for me was the the progress, right? So that's one thing that I've always kind of prided myself on is you can literally look at the stats from the last few years. It is clear in the results that I continuously get better race after race when the season starts. I've never really had a good off season. It's always been building my bikes, getting everything set up because I've done everything on my own for the last three or four years. So that's, again, why I'm excited about this year. Obviously, a lot of business owners will understand that you can only do so much yourself. As soon as you start growing and scaling your quote unquote business, it hopefully will free up time for you. That's the biggest thing you got to try to get back is time. So this past year, obviously things went well. Uh, I was super stoked with it. Obviously I think I should have done even better, but I just didn't have a ton of off season conditioning and a good boot camp to get ready for racing along with testing and everything like that. Like it's super hard to test as a privateer, especially with a smaller budget. Like you don't have, you can't just have eight sets of forks, ready to go with different settings and test them out. Like you got to try your settings and then you got to ship off your suspension and you got to get it back. Like it's just a very time consuming process compared to a factory team that they just split the suspension apart right there. Boom. Go back out 20 minutes later kind of deal. Yeah. So last year was solid. Um, we went from making my first 450 main event in 2022 at round six. I didn't make a main event until round six. And this past year, boom, knocked it off at, at round one. So that was super cool. We made 15 of 17 main events. Should have been at least 16 of 17. I had Daytona wrapped up and just made a bonehead move. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is. And we obviously we ended as the top privateer in the 450 championship. And we're going to take that momentum into the next season. And hopefully can just kind of continue to get people on board. Go into KevinRands.com, check out the new team. And pretty much all the information is there. And then shooting us an email, uh, you know, support at KevinMorans.com to uh, see if anybody wants to partner with us or do some creative stuff and get a true VIP experience at any races they come to. Yeah, you didn't even mention your seventh in East Rutherford. I'm, I'm yeah. Kind of, yeah. Seventh, dude. <laughs> I mean, that was, it was sick. I mean, I know everybody's given an asterisk of, oh, it was a mud race. No. Like, that was such a gnarly race. And boy, am I just love the fact that I am a good starter. <laughs> yeah, you started up front a lot this year, and um, 
I think you even passed Sexton back at one point. It was a heater main. I can't remember. Yeah, no, that was the main event that I whole shot it in uh, <laughs> Seattle. So, like, yeah. massive steps ahead. We're still mm-hmm. getting the same amount of TV time that we got last year, and we're not even in the LCQs like we were the past year. Yeah. So, like, to continue to grow, get bigger, and then still talk about me is huge because there's a lot of people, like, you know, I love Chiz to death. I love all these racers that are in that, you know, 12 to 15 spot. But – once you get to that point where you're a seven, eight guy in the heat race and a 12, 15 guy in the main event, you never get mentioned. You never get talked about. So to be able to move into that slot and still be talked about is where the value comes from my program compared to others. Yeah. And I remember at one point there was a lot of people like someone needs to get Moran's in at Red Bull KTM. Like, did, were there talks about that? Did you approach the team at all? I mean, kind of, but I was on the old model, so I'm sure that that was a concern for them. I was Uh on the 22, not the 23. Uh, And then also, I mean, yeah, I was doing good, but at the same time, my qualifying has been terrible. I'm always a better racer than a qualifier, so I'm sure that's kind of a red flag. And for them, yeah, I mean, it kind of shocked me, if I'm going to be honest. They had literally not a single 450 on the track, Husky, Gas Gas, or KTM, and there was not really – a conversation there or nobody really approached me. So that's why, again, that's why I'm going out doing my own team. Like I'm not going to wait for somebody to give me a ride or be bitter with the, the, the sport. We're just going to go create something for ourselves. I guess that was the Moran's mafia out there just creating the hype and uh, just trying to get, you know, get you a ride on, on a factory team. But I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, I mean, I saw it like it, you, you have a large following on Instagram and, and also YouTube. Like it's a, uh, it's cool to see what you've built in such a short amount of time. Yeah, no, I really do appreciate that. And that's like, we'll pride ourselves on that situation. That's what I always sell the sponsorships as well. Like, we can bring the fan engagement. It's different when you just pay another rider, put a logo on their bike, you get nothing out of it besides being a part of the program, seeing what they do. We actually have fan engagement that can then turn into sales through the YouTube vlogs, the Instagram, stuff like that, that people actually pay attention to my program more since they're involved with it yeah. instead of just seeing some fast race for throwing up an Instagram ad kind of deal. Yeah. So do you have VIP experience at every round or is this kind of like whoever wants to come around can come hang at the truck? Um, no. So into 2024, we're going to be, we, we never had this opportunity in the past because I've been part of a different person's program. Okay. Uh, and I kind of got to abide by their rules and we were trying to keep pit area clean and everything like that, which obviously we're going to have a much more professional presence, but a much larger presence. Like I had in the past years, like a 10 by 10 or a 10 by 20 slot for my stuff and my bike and everything. Like this year, we're going to get a 33 foot canopy. That's 20 foot off the truck just for me. So like, we're going to have a massive area to actually be able to provide a VIP experience for sponsors. So people that come to the races, we'll take care of them, feed them, give them a place to kind of come and hang out to be a part of the program. Uh, And then I haven't really released it yet, but there's going to be some cool stuff for the Moran's mafia. So anybody who's a part of the Moran's Mafia will get, you know, extra benefits within the team at the races they come to, maybe some goodies, we'll see. Um, and then I think we do plan on doing like a VIP experience for a select amount of people per round as well, um, because we'll be able to actually offer that. And then that's going to just creatively help us offset some expenses. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. That's cool. And yeah, I mean, you have... Um... You know, we have a couple round or a couple months here before Anaheim. Uh, are you still doing World Supercross? 
Yes. Yep. Okay. So we leave October 31st for uh, Abu Dhabi, and then we'll do Melbourne, Australia to end it. Okay. Have you announced what you're, you're riding next year? Are you still going to do the Honda, or are you going back to KTM? <laughs> so, uh, to be determined. Okay. You know, I have that kind of decision slightly made on my end, but uh, we will announce that probably soon. I've been testing Honda back-to-back with the KTM the last couple weeks, uh, so... I've kind of got a feeling towards that, but we'll be re- releasing that kind of soon. We're just kind of talking with some of the manufacturers and see what we can make happen. Yeah, you, you've been a uh, KTM guy for quite a while now. Um, Indeed. Yeah, so the first time I actually like heard of you was when you were on Custom Power Sports, the Cowies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was rookie year, I think. Or that was, yeah, second. that was the OG days. Yeah. I just, Shout it was like a local. Andy. Go ahead. I just said shout out to Randy from Custom Power Sports. Yeah, it was like a local Midwest thing because I'm from Midwest, and I yeah, I was like, man, these guys are local. They're doing arena cross. Their bikes are pretty crazy looking, and uh, yeah, you were just kind of you rose through like that, and I was like, oh, this guy's legit. So yeah, um, yeah, just kind of funny to look back on that. It wasn't that long ago, but um, yeah. So before that, I was looking at your amateur, uh, well, your Loretta's results. I mean, you have top 10 finishes there. What yeah. was, what was your amateur career like? Cause I don't think anyone's really ever asked you that before. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, uh, parents work normal jobs, uh, to an extent, nine to fives, nothing crazy. Um, have a great home, a great home life, great family. Like I said, I would never change anything. Um, but we went to normal high school was not, uh, um, homeschooled in a sense. Uh, so I graduated, ended up graduating a semester uh, to go into the professional scene my senior year. So, uh, but through our amateur situation, we only did Loretta. So we, I played mm. football all four years of high school. Uh, that's definitely my favorite, second favorite sport behind moto, but that's what we focused on through high school, academics, football, Loretta Lens, because we didn't have the money to go do all the other nationals, travel, do four areas, three regionals. Like we did one area qualifier, one regional, whatever happened, happened. And, you know, thankfully I was pretty consistent. I've always been a good racer. Um, so we made it, I think I went to Loretta seven or eight times, had five different top tens, I believe, but it was always, you know, that seven to 10, six to 10 range. And, uh, you know, always right behind all the factory guys, or at least the, the big names in the class and just continue to get looked over. So, you know, it was a very, uh, I guess, modest experience when it comes to Loretta's. But, uh, you know, it kind of just fueled the fire of not waiting for something to happen, just making it happen yourself. That's cool you played football. Um, did you, like, were you really good? Like, what position did you play? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I uh, we played. So my brother was is Colton. He's 15 months older than me. So he was one year older than me in school, which is super sick. So, you know, through uh, high school, we both played football four years. Uh, I did some wrestling as well, but then ended up stopping that just because it kind of interrupted with the arena cross season in the the winter. Um, but uh, yeah, no, well, I was actually pretty solid. I mean, that's for other people to <laughs> right. uh, debate. But I played varsity um, all of my junior year with my on my like with my brother, which was sick. Uh, and then obviously I played varsity all senior year as well. I was a slot receiver type because I mean you could probably tell through photos and whatnot, but I have a little bit more of a bulkier build in the moto industry, but in the football industry, like I was pretty small. Right. So 
but I was very shifty and quick. So I was good at obviously catching. So they would put me as a slot receiver. So then it'd be like, you know, quick run plays, shifty plays, um, reverse, stuff like that. So I was a pretty solid receiver. And then I played um, outside linebacker on defense. Okay, that's pretty cool. I yeah. I mean, around, you're, you know, where are or from Midwest, it's like there's really nothing to do during, you know, the fall months. So it's like it's like football is Friday nights and then uh, race on Sunday. So I'm sure you had a couple weekends where it's like, let's play the game and then we'll go to the race immediately after, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was actually just thinking, because uh, I had done another uh, – like podcast or whatever and i was just i had it in my mind i was like i wonder if you hit record kind of deal because <laughs> i've had that problem in, in uh the past however um no there's always been situations of where we play friday night uh football friday night late and then boom go racing that weekend yeah yeah it's definitely yeah that's cool yeah i did i did press record i'm we're, we've been going we're uh, right, solid i yeah, like it we're about 25 yeah, dude, i did a whole interview one time and then after the fact, it's like, oh, I didn't hear a record. I'm like, that just, that ruins everything. <laughs> that was such a good conversation. I know. I feel like it's going solid though. So that's sweet. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, I, that's my worst nightmare. Cause it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's happened before, but not, thankfully not yet for this podcast. So nice. I like it. Yeah. No, this whole thing sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to come by and check it out. And, um, are you going to be doing the whole season and, uh, doing some out you know you did some outdoors this year too but like do you plan on doing the full outdoor schedule as well um potentially so what we're doing right now is you're doing super cross only deals for sponsorship just to leave our options open we do have the opportunity to go into outdoors with the rig as well um that would probably be a situation if we go outdoors we'd bring somebody else on the team or you know have some other transportation type situations um but i'm leaving myself open to Hopefully, obviously, it depends on how the Supercross season goes. Hopefully, we have a healthy season. We race all 17, good amount of points. We're good for SMX kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, and if that is the, the possibility, then I'm going to leave myself open to do WSX again if it happens. Uh, or maybe we do some outdoors like we did this year. Like, I just, I'm keeping myself open, but we're going to be racing as the plan. Did you do the, the outdoors to get a better slot for uh, Super Motocross playoffs, or was that kind of just like you had planned to do some anyway? Um, kind of, yeah, when I, especially because they didn't announce the payout for it until like round three of outdoors. And I'm like, well, that would have been nice to know before uh, outdoors started. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, like we can go do some more racing kind of deal. I almost wish I wouldn't have just because then they brought like 40th place and 45th place <laughs> up into it. I was told beginning of the season, hard cut off at 30. Whoever's in there that comes race, people get hurt. You'll have a two-man LCQ if everybody else gets hurt. I didn't realize that they were going to be pulling up alternates. So that was kind of a janky rule change, I thought, at the beginning. But, uh, no, it is what it is. We just had fun with it. We did the two-stroke at Washougal. I'll definitely probably do that again next year. All sorts of stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of to solidify myself into that, uh, SMX. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it seemed kind of weird. Uh, I think next year will probably be different just because of all the alternates. I feel like more guys will want to do it since they've seen the payout. But I, I think this is the, the first season for it. Everyone didn't really know what to expect. And it was kind of hard to just, like, commit. Because, I mean, that's those races, you know, they're all over the country. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I just kind of feel like next year will be different. Yeah, I would kind of have to agree. Um, and big shout-out to 
Pirelli because they took me around to the these the three uh, SMXs this year. But yeah, I mean, it, it is tough, especially in a privateer budget, a privateer program, like to make all of those happen and get as far as you are just in three races. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also you bring that up. That's a good point. But like the, for a guy like yourself, who's running their own program, the logistics for traveling the whole supercross season has got to be just uh, mind blowing to just sit down and, and figure out how much money you need and, and just figure out budget for food and just everything goes involved involved into it. Yeah, man, it, it, it breaks down all the way to, you know, the amount of levers you're going to need throughout the season on average kind of deal. So it is a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I've kind of had the business mind for a while, so I'm pretty organized with all my stuff. So it makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, man, it is a lot to take on your plate. But that's, I mean, I'm excited about it to an extent. Yeah, it's kind of hard to probably figure out too, especially with the way that, that uh, everything's gone up in price. Like, what, what do you need for a hotel? Like, uh, like a hotel, like now it's like, I don't know, 250 bucks for like a cheap one. And then yeah, exactly. Like, Especially in the cities that we're going to. Yeah, exactly. So that's, co- and, and also flights as well. Like, our- yeah, flights are huge. Like that's obviously what we're going to try to set ourselves up is to be able to fly in, fly out. That way we can get, uh, you know, adequate training throughout the week. But, you know, that's why we're looking for partnerships and yeah. we're, we're ready to create some cool value for different companies. Um, they just have to reach out. Again, Kevin, um, or support at kevinmorans.com. Uh, for any questions like that, kevinmorans.com has all the information on how to, you know, marketing opportunities, joining as a fan, uh, some other, like, we have a lot of really cool stuff that we're going to be releasing. Uh, but yeah, it's just building the program right now. I feel like nobody has a website anymore. So I'm glad that you're, you're holding strong with it. Yeah, man. I mean, I know social media means a lot, but if mm-hmm. you have, like, okay, so that's another uh, logistical situation for me, right? Like, I'm doing all this other stuff on my own. Track prep, obviously, I have the mechanic now, but I do have to train. I have to work out, all that different stuff. Like, I don't have time to create an email or send every single person the information on my program. So, it's a lot easier to be like, yo, go to KevinMorans.com, hit mm-hmm. marketing opportunities, pick the one that you're interested in, helmet wrap, uh, you know, sponsor me, like, all this different stuff. It gives you a lot of the basic information. And if you're interested in the packages, shoot us an email right off of the website and then boom, we'll get back to you. Or at least that, that kind of takes away the first initial time consuming part of explaining everything. Like boom, all the information's right there. Go check it out. We appreciate it. We'd love to have you guys on board, but let us know what you're thinking kind of deal. That's cool. Yeah. We'll have to keep, you'll keep me up to date. I'm going to check in to see how everything's going. Maybe we can push it out or something, make a post to see if people want to Maybe like the who don't listen, we can just get it out there and on the verb account and see what the we can spread the word. So Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. I do appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. It's uh it's a cool deal. I, I think I covered everything that there's a lot that goes in your program. So if I miss anything, <laughs> just let me know. But I, I feel like I I got a bunch of it. I did a lot of research, yeah. so No, I think that's pretty pretty solid for what we all talked about. The biggest thing is just uh bringing in new partnerships and uh you know providing the value to the companies that are interested yeah no it'll be good i'll uh stop by get some snacks some coffee yeah dude you know? <laughs> come enjoy the enjoy the program you know what i'm saying yeah exactly just kick my feet up and see what's going yeah, on yeah vip experience coming at you Moran's at. mafia sounds good man well thanks for uh coming on the pod and uh, i'll talk to you soon yep absolutely thank you all right man take care Yep. See ya. See ya. All right, guys, that'll do it for another episode of the Squad Pod. I want to thank my kids, Bub Dog and Duke Dog. Thank my wife, Ginger Dog. 
Slaw Dog. Thanks to Bird Dog. Thanks to Chili Dog. Thanks to Boots Dog. <laughs> Should I just keep going? Should I think the squad as well? Thanks to Hard Dog. Thanks to Star Dog. DK Dog. Ash Dog. Yo Dog. This is getting out of hand. Like, really, it is. This is too much. Like, I don't even... Shane. What was Shane's name? Mac Dog. It was Mac Dog. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's too many dogs. But maybe not. This is what the squad's all about, you know? So we'll just keep it going. A lot of dogs. I think all the dogs. Thank you, Kevin Morantz, for coming on the show this week. Providing a lot of insight to your program. It was awesome having you on. And I'm definitely coming over to your new trailer. And, uh, yeah, man. Just, uh, get some coffee. As long as it's not Starbucks. For real. All right, thank you guys for listening, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. See ya.